Hello and welcome to Industry Elites. On this podcast, Industry Elites' very own Natalie and Vicky are going to be discussing the latest news trending around the world. This is part one of our two-part series, so let's get into it. Welcome to this episode of Industry Elites. Vicki and I are really excited to continue our discussion on education. As we've both suffered through the education process, I think it's a good thing that we can share our tips and really help students as school is starting pretty soon. In order to be successful and survive, it's always important to look at some tips and tricks from people that have gone through the struggles before. So Vicky and I ended up finding this article of tips and it kept talking about how critical it is for the first few weeks for students to really get it right. It kept talking about how critical the first few weeks of school are for new students. And yeah, they definitely got that one right. But then they also talk about that these decisions that you're going to make will affect the rest of your life. I guess that sounds a tad dramatic, but it may be true. If you've stayed on campus, the people you've met and roomed with, the clubs you've joined, and the activities you've participated in has all shaped you throughout your post-secondary career. So in these tips and tricks, it's really going to help to prepare you with some survival tips for not only the first few days, but hopefully to translate into some really good habits for the rest of your college or university career. Whatever you do, be sure to be yourself and try to enjoy your college or university experience as much as possible. Expect to feel some stress and some homesickness, but don't worry. These issues don't last long and don't let them wear you down. So let's take a look at some of the tips that this article has left us with. I believe there was about 25, but let's see if how many we can actually get through. So the first one in terms of the survival guide is going to all of your orientations. So I can remember going and starting university, your first like two weeks of classes really were just getting to know your professors, getting to know your curriculum. And it was still like interchangeable. I feel like people were still deciding, okay, like, did I want to do this class? Don't I want to do this class? So I feel like that's why going to orientation is super important. And people shouldn't just kind of brush it off as like, oh, the first two weeks of school, I don't really have to go, nothing super important. But that and you could get stuck in this really crappy class that if you went to the orientation, you probably could figure that out. Vicky, same experience or no? Yeah, that's true. So mine had two sets of orientations. It was like the pre, before school actually started orientations where they would oh, take okay, you around yeah. campus. And it was really like camp counselor-y. And that was never my thing. So I really avoided that because it was like where you could play games with strangers and you got like loot bags <laughs> and stuff. So I just had no interest in that. I did go to the Frosh Week orientations where they had concerts and stuff that was fun (laughs) but I did go to the ones you were talking about like the class ones especially first year because you have no idea what to expect I kind of discovered in the first 10 minutes of your first class orientation that everything they told you in high school is a lie they didn't prepare us for anything they're like you're sitting in grade 12 you're in your class and they're like yeah guys all these skills are going to be so useful to your post-secondary education like I don't think they were It's true. I feel like high school was almost making university and college sound like it was military college. Like it was just some crazy boot camp where you had to be on all the time and all these crazy rules. My first professor swore at me within five minutes of knowing him. The rules were different. You didn't have to ask to go to the bathroom anymore. You didn't even have to go to class if you didn't want to. That's true. like all these kind of things and that essay format. I don't know if you remember that, but they were like, what was it? MLA. And they're like, this is all you'll use. And 
university and college and then oh, i don't even citations yeah I yeah i used apa mm. and i just remember them drilling that into our heads for the four years of high school and then not using it once and then having to relearn yeah. a whole new format even though they're talking about like trying to embed this in our brain they didn't allude to the fact that there was also then like five to six other websites that you could go on that would help you search the specific book or the specific website and then give you all of the citations right there and even the in-text citations. So it's like they drilled it and they made you scared. But in a sense, when you went to university, there's so many other resources out there to help you to complete something in a way easier fashion. Like I'm not sitting here grabbing a manual. Okay, this is the instructions on how to do APA and like going through the document, doing it myself. The computer did that all for me. Yeah, exactly. There's that one website. What was it? It was literally like citation.com or something. It's like cite this for me. It's like super simple stuff. Yeah, it was nice. It formatted it properly. It showed you how to put it in your actual document. And you could most of them you could upload your document to see if you actually did it right. If not, it would correct you. They didn't tell you that in high school? So it's like people starting school, make sure you know that exists. It is true. And there's a lot of things online now for math. Like back in the day, you'd have to go to the back of the textbook to find the answer, but it wouldn't tell you how to get there, not to show your work. There's these apps now where you take a picture of the problem. It shows you all the steps of showing your work and explains it and then gives you the answer. So these things do exist. So yeah, I didn't even think of the two sides to the orientation, though, how you were saying before. There's so many different orientations when you start university or college that I feel like it's also in the sense of overwhelming. So if you can at least go to the key ones, and if you already have a group of friends, I feel like you're kind of set. But for those individuals who don't really know anybody on campus, maybe going to all of them would be good because then like you're able to meet new people that way. But if you're kind of over it and you just need the basics, the core of what's going on, then just make sure you choose the right stuff. This is true support you in that. So next on our list here is getting to know your roommates and others in your resident hall. So the people that you live with are going through relatively similar experiences, emotions as you are. Everybody is new. Everybody doesn't know everybody and everybody is really confused and I guess kind of lost in this time. So it's really nice that you can make friends with your res neighbors and your roommates so you can kind of start going through these experiences together. Even if it's something as simple as just going to find your classes together or figuring out how to get to the calf or even where the laundry room is your residence it's kind of nice to have somebody to go along with and then mm-hmm. too when you you met a lot of your neighbors and then through your neighbors you met other people and you'd get invited to stuff and it was kind of like a one big network on your floor so that's always kind of fun especially in the beginning weeks when you're all in the same boat Yeah, I think that's a nice thing to know. And that's like like you said, the comfort level there is that everybody's on the same boat. My one of fear would be not getting along with my roommate. Like I didn't stay on campus. So I was one of those people that commuted. So I feel like as much as I did get some experiences, I didn't get that full experience like like yourself and like people who stayed there. But yeah, what would you do though if you like hated your roommate? I'd be like, hey, I'm moving home now. I can't deal with this person for the next of my first year of school. Like that would be brutal. Well, I know at least where I went within, I believe it was the first two weeks. If there was an issue, you could request a switch. It wasn't guaranteed, obviously, because you needed to have like X amount of people still switching. But at my college, the residents were set up as like little apartments. You did have like your own 
closed door room. We had a shared bathroom and a shared like kitchenette. I guess if you really didn't like them, you could very easily avoid them. I do know a couple friends didn't like their roommates and it just kind of caused weird drama. Just like you go into a room and people are just ignoring you. Yeah, that's unnecessary. It's like making your experience, I feel like, just a lot worse off than it needs to be. It's true. But one of the good things, at least I don't know if this is how they all are, but the school I went to did it, is when you applied for res, you had a a very in-depth questionnaire. So they asked literally everything. They asked, like, what are your sleeping habits? What are you into? What kind of music do you like? It was almost like a match.com for your roommate. Just to make sure that if you go to bed at 8 p.m., and I come home at 8 a.m., obviously this is not going to work. So they kind of try to match people up. Same with personality traits. You don't want some very quiet person with some Leo-going person, and then they just kind of hate each other. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a nice thing. And on Myra's too, you had the options of if you wanted to be just on a girl's floor, or obviously if you're a guy, just on a guy's floor, or you have the co-ed floor, where your roommates are still the same gender as you, but your neighbors could be boys or your neighbors could be girls. This is kind okay. of a mix up. I think that's, it's probably too how people like live also. Like if you were just like in a house full of like sisters and then that'd be so weird to have some like guys on your floor, then you have the option to go girls and vice versa with the guys. If they're like, okay, I've never like lived with girls before or like been in that environment with them, maybe they're not going to want to put themselves in the situation. So it's nice that it kind of accustoms to maybe what you're used to and then you're able to implement that and make it as comfortable as possible going into this totally new situation situation because yeah like like you said like the music even like the music thing or like the going out thing those are all actually important things because they're part of like your living situation right like it's different than just having someone you go to class with and you're spending an hour of time with but you're probably in your dorm I'm sure a large amount of time from finishing schoolwork to even sleeping those eight nine hours of the day like that's almost half of your day at least spent in your room so definitely makes sense on that front so hopefully to everyone out there starting school they're going to be getting some good roommates yeah hopefully if not and everyone's kind of new just for lack of a better word try be civil everyone's going through things and everyone kind of deals with that differently so if your roommate's a little shy or whatever don't take it personally yeah and another thing I just thought of, I guess with COVID, people might not even be experiencing the roommate thing. Oh, true. You have to live somewhere. Yeah. But That's like if everything's true. online, I guess people just mostly would access stuff there. But what if there's like international students? Or I wonder if they're coming back, like even individuals who come from like across the country to go to school. Like what are those individuals doing? I guess they're just doing everything online. And I wonder if it would be like January when they come back or not or. That's interesting. I yeah, think I wonder that. how that works. I'm curious. Yeah. I'll have to Google that after. Mm-mm. All right. So the next one here is getting organized. So in high school, the teachers tended to lead you through all of your homework and your due dates. But in college or university, the professors are posting the assignments. Often for the entire semester, they'll give you the syllabus and they expect you to be prepared. So it's important to buy an organizer, use an app or, or get a big wall calendar, whatever it takes to help you get your assignments done. So wow, is this ever true? And I think one of the things from high school that maybe didn't even help you transition into your post-secondary is that piece where they're always checking on you. Like, okay, well, here's the next assignment, guys. It's all due this week. Oh, why didn't you get this in? Why didn't you get this in? Well, there's definitely none of that in university. Like you're just, even college, like you're just getting a zero unless you have an excuse or unless your prof gives you some sort of extension. They're really strict on that stuff. Like if they have 800 students, they're not caring about the few of you that don't hand stuff in. 
Yeah, it's true. I remember in high school, you would get updates constantly. Like, remember, this report's due next week. This report's due next week. Like, every class. And then I found in college, you're kind of on your own. Like, you you get the major syllabus dates. And then usually when you get the project, they'll be like, yeah, it's due this date. And that's pretty much it unless there's project checkpoints at least for me that was it i had all the forms of organization that you mentioned i had one of those giant whiteboard ones in my room which i actually didn't like that calendar because you had to write the dates yourself and i was always fearful that i would mess it up and then i would just completely ruin a project because of that but then i had my phone sending reminders then i had a physical like planner and then i used to write to-do lists for all my projects. Holy kind of like so you're order. fully loaded. Art school, man. It kills you. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it was I like imagine. eight to nine courses a semester. And it would just be oh, wow. constant projects. Some would be all semester long. Some of them would be weekly. It was just a lot to keep up with. And especially too, if I found that if you got kind of tips along the way, you'd have to keep yourself organized instead of writing down random notes on a napkin mm-hmm. and just all of that especially too with your notes I would have a notebook and then what I would do is I would go to class or a lecture I would write everything down really really quick I found that I could write things by hand very sloppy and completely unreadable but I could do it faster than typing yeah especially well, too, that's interesting I, too yeah I would write everything like MSN like it would just be like with would be like the W with the line above like I would just write it in crazy Super point form. Short form it would be almost like code just for me like if you read my notebook you would have no idea what I was talking about you'd have but to like, dissect it you're like okay like this is like Morris code right now <laughs> pretty much so then what I would do is then after the lecture I would go home and I'd rewrite it or type it out and for me that really helped me study and stay organized mm-hmm. so not only are you rewriting it to get it kind of drilled into your head you're making your notes all yeah. basically pretty and organized So that really helps a lot. And one thing I found with me is first year, I went to school for graphic design, you get an art kit. The art kit, it was honestly like three grand worth of art supplies. So if you can imagine how big Oh my gosh. And you get a portfolio book. And this portfolio book, and I'm not exaggerating at all, is probably four feet by two and a half feet. It's just absolutely massive. Like if I put the strap on my shoulder, it would pretty much be touching the ground and I'm 5'10". If we put the size for everybody to kind of get a visual on. So Mm -hmm. you could always tell first years in my program because they would cart this thing around everywhere. And this thing would be full of paper, exactonized pens, rulers, like anything you could need to do any art Mm -hmm. thing. We would lug it around everywhere for honestly like the first month. And then you could tell how like comfortable we got because then we would just show up to class with a pencil and a sketchbook or what you would need for that specific class. So it's just funny how organized you start, I guess, and then how you kind of get into a rhythm. And not that you're getting unorganized, you just realize you don't have to be so hardcore about it. Yeah. 
it's better to start off at like 150 to land yourself around like that 80 to 90 percent because even yeah like you said I had all of those things in the beginning but then more so I think what had stuck with me the few years after was I'd input my syllabus like any of the big assignments that would be in my calendar like so the calendar would link to my phone plus it was already on my laptop so anywhere I was looking I would already see it and then I had virtual sticky notes like the sticky notes app that's on your computer I downloaded that and then each class would have a sticky note so anything upcoming I'd have each time I'd open my computer I would see it right there and I feel like that's what would always trigger me okay I got to work on this I have this next that because it kind of works as your to-do list as opposed to just having something in a calendar you're like oh I have a week to do this oh I have like three weeks to do this and then it's like oh your three weeks are already up so it's like if I have that to-do list it also kind of helps to ignite the motivation in a sense to get whatever task I needed completed hopefully just before the due date. I also found that it helped with at least I had a couple I don't know if I want to say projects but you know those like discussion boards you have to go online and answer yeah. a question or whatever. I found that for me those were always due at like weird times like it would be due next midnight. Tuesday midnight but it would be mine were always like it'd be due next Tuesday at noon or like oh, that's weird. 2 30 or because i think what they were trying to do was avoid the midnight rush we've all done that a million times oh, but yeah. <laughs> i thought those helped a lot too because if i just wrote my assignment was due tuesday i would have the automatic it's due at eleven fifty nine tuesday but lo and behold it was due at noon on tuesday so that also really helped uh-huh. you kind of keep that I think the next item they had listed here was finding the ideal place for you to study. So within going to school and if you were staying on campus, that could be your dorm room or a cozy corner in the library. But finding a space to get your work done is super imperative, something that has you avoiding as many distractions as possible. So I think everybody had that spot with in between classes that, okay, I'm going to go to the library. I'm going to this place or I'm going to that place just to give yourself that time to complete it during the day, because if you're already there, you might as well. But going in with COVID now and the learning from home, I think finding not even that space to study, but that space to complete your work that each day you're going to go to this place and it's going to allow you to be productive is something that people are going to need to consider too. Found for me personally, that space has always been my room because I had open labs. So it's basically a computer room full of people. The computers were put together in like an octagon shape. So you're kind of in like a giant. And I always found that was really difficult because we'd all basically be hanging out doing our work Mm -hmm. and I found for me being the social butterfly that I am is I was more interested in talking than I was yeah so I know you mean though yeah like in even like group studies like we all know that's a lie like you're not gonna (laughs) actually study let's be honest about how horrible that classes and oh my gosh how are we gonna make it through guys and then your last like 30 minutes is like okay let's review page five (laughs) yeah exactly and you review the first first paragraph five times that and then I found the library too I always thought it was kind of like annoying because it's like if I have to get up and go to the bathroom or if I want to go grab a coffee or something I have to pack up and bring everything with me versus like just leaving it as you would in your room and I just find in your room you can get comfy you can close the door you can Mm -hmm. have the option of silence or music or have the tv on and you're alone like you can close the door and you're done and even in res like you could put a sign in the door 
we kind of had like an open door policy to the main room so people would either just like knock and walk in or we'd literally leave the door open but if it was your room door was closed that was like business time like this is when someone's working or someone's sleeping like that's what i found was the easiest but i know everyone's different a lot of people like the library i'm not even sure the library was in my college (laughs) to be honest (laughs) You didn't even know where it was. (laughs) I'm honestly trying to think about it now. It was like a courtyard thing and there was windows to it, but I don't actually know how to get there. Like, I know where it is-ish in the building, but I don't know how to enter it. Disclaimer, I wasn't a slacking student. It's just I did not need it. (laughs) I just didn't have any research to do. One thing you were saying there that brought back some memories when you were saying that if you go to the library, you're like the only person there. So if you have all of your stuff, it's kind of like you'd have to take it with you. But I remember when I would ask people or people would ask me like, hey, can you watch this stuff for me? And I was always like, so if someone comes up to me and like tries to take this, but it's, I know it's not their stuff. What am I supposed to fight this person for this stuff? Like how far would someone go to protect something that's not theirs? You can walk up and be like, this is my friend's laptop. She told me to get it. And you would just be like, oh, okay. Not knowing anything. And then that person comes back and they're like, what the heck? Yeah. I always thought about that. Or it's kind of like a little nice, like hidden compliment it's like oh you think i'm worthy enough to not steal your stuff thank you (laughs) yeah you think i'm not gonna go through that awesome uh lunch that you have over there because i have to go down probably like 20 minutes to go pick something up now but i mean yours looks pretty good (laughs) yeah exactly so the next one on our list is probably the most important one and i highly recommend it as someone who avoided certain classes like the plague the fifth on our list here is Go to class. Pretty obvious. Sleeping in, skipping that 8 a.m. class. Everybody wants to do it. You can get a pass. I'll give it to you. But you can't make it a thing. A lot of the time, you do get a percentage just for attending. And it's usually a pretty high percentage. Like, most of the time, it's like 10 to 15% for literally just being there. Yeah, especially Uh, in first year. First year, I think that was big. Like, for mine, it was very big. Like, even if you didn't do anything while you were there, you were just physically in that seat. And that was kind of, for a better way to say, good enough. A lot of the times, too, some people have labs. And if you just don't show up for the lab, that's an automatic zero. Like, you can't redo the lab. A lot of times you get work right then and there that you have to finish that day or sometimes it's just something that no matter how hard your friends try to explain it to you you had to be there and it's just not a good habit to get into because I know especially come the winter and you don't want to get out of bed just to do an 8am lecture about something incredibly boring you still have to go No, it's true. And I think some of the things that I had where the participation was really counted was the tutorial. So you had your lectures and those could be like two to three times a week, maybe for like an hour or so at each time. But then each class was maybe also signed a tutorial. So it's like a smaller discussion group led by like a third or fourth year student where you'd have the opportunity to do a little bit more work and earn your participation and handing in assignments. Usually the tutorial leader would be able to mark those for you. And one thing that happened was that if you were already doing a little bit poorly with some of the assignments, plus also missing lecture and then also missing 
tutorial, then you are essentially really not doing anything for yourself because a lot of the times the things that we talked about in tutorial were things taken from class. So it was all interconnected where if someone didn't go, like you knew looking at that student when they were answering that question, you're like, you didn't even go to class. Yeah, exactly. And especially to professors notice this. Um, yeah. They will have kind of a general idea who's going to class, who's not. And especially when it comes to your work kind of an instance where it's like they understand that life happens but then when you go to yeah. beg for a passing grade and you showed up for two classes they're not going to give you that and especially no. to it kind of comes down to the this isn't high school anymore you're paying for this in a way without making it sound so daunting is like the rest of your life kind of depends on this if it's this mm -hmm. program or not you still really yeah. need to go and I know it's especially easy not to because there's kind of no instant repercussions for not going to class. It's not like in high school, if you skipped, you knew you had to get home before your mom because there'd be a voicemail saying that you didn't go to class. They just don't do anything. The teachers don't care if you don't come or not. So definitely no. go to class.